You're listening to the HR Happy Hour Show with hosts Steve Bowes and Trish McFarland. Since 2009, the HR Happy Hour Show has been bringing you thought leaders, workplace and technology experts, academics, and more to take on the most important and interesting topics impacting work, human resources, technology, and the workplace. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net. Hi, welcome to HR Happy Hour 246. My name's Steve Bowes. With me, of course, Trish McFarland. Trish, how are you? I'm good, Steve. How are you today? I'm great. I'm, I'm glad we were able to pull this off between cab rides and airports and events. And uh, Amazing we were able to do this today. I'm excited. You know what? I think that that's the way the world works now, right? We we promote this ability to work from anywhere and everywhere, and, and the show should be mobile as well. So mobile show... It's a good show. I'm ready to go. Me too. So we're recording this on a Wednesday. We'll get this posted the next couple of days. Hopefully we're super excited. But before we get on with the show, we welcome our guests. We've got a super guest waiting in the wings for, uh, to join us today. Um, just exciting new announcement from HR Happy Hour. For folks who maybe are visiting the HR Happy Hour show page to listen to the show for the first time, you'd have noticed some new some new images, some new uh, banners around the, uh, around the page. We've uh, got a new HR Happy Hour show sponsor we're announcing officially today, which is Virgin Pulse, and we're so excited about that. Yes, I cannot even believe we've, we're going to be partnering with them. And so, yeah, people need to check out the site and, uh, and also Virgin Pulse. It's going to be a great partnership, I think. Yep, Virgin Pulse is a part of Sir Richard Branson's Virgin Group. They design technology that cultivates good lifestyle habits for employees, and it's configured to complement your culture, and the technology uh, helps your overall well-being, uh, employee well-being, and it delivers a great experience. And uh, you can learn more about Virgin Pulse at www.virginpulse.com. And so more to come on that, but we're just super excited to be working with them and really pleased to officially launch that today. So that was it. Quick announcement about that. And... Uh, I think we should get right to it. Um, we've got a super guest uh, waiting to join us today, Dave Fiaco. Dave is from People Strategy. He is the president and COO of People Strategy. People Strategy uh, is an HR technology company. They uh, have an integrated enterprise human capital management solution that provides a better, faster, and easier way to improve the efficiency and productivity of your workforce. Plenty more we can talk about that. Let's rather than me read more and more about this. Let's just welcome Dave right to the show and uh, and say hi to Dave from People Strategy. How are you doing today, Dave? I'm doing well, Steve. Thank you very much. And Trish, good morning, and thanks for having me on the show. Good morning. Thanks for coming on the show. Can I, can I, before we, before we let you talk about yourself, I at least want to tell all the listeners that, um, you know, when we have guests come on the show, it's sometimes it's pitches and sometimes it's not. But, but with Dave, you're someone where I was dying to get you on the show because we did a webinar uh, a couple uh, weeks ago, month, month or so ago now, and. We had such fun just doing the, the pre-calls for the webinar, and I thought, this is someone that needs to come on the show because he really understands what's going on in the HCM space, and you also do it in such a way that it makes it very comfortable for everyone listening. So, so excited to have you here. Thank you for agreeing to come on the show. Well, again, Trish, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to uh, have an opportunity to be with you. Um, there's always plenty to talk about, uh, lots always going on in the space, and uh, um, so it's always in a, uh, in a, in a, a pleasure to share ideas and thoughts and, and, and observances uh, in, the, in the space. So, again, thank you. 
a little bit about uh, my background. You mentioned that earlier. Uh, um, I spent the majority of my career um, on the uh, technology side of things. Uh, I worked for a company called EDS, which was uh, the original technology uh, firm founded by a guy named uh, Ross Perot. So wow. uh, I spent uh, spent almost 20 years there. Uh, a number of, of uh, other uh, roles. I was the chief information officer of Unum Provident Corporation. Uh, but ultimately, um, after after uh, some of those uh, larger corporate roles, uh, had an opportunity to really uh, get into the uh, HR and uh, human capital management space uh, around 2002. And uh, I've been there ever since, and it's uh, it's really been a, a lot of fun. So uh, uh, it's a dynamic space. It, it, I would say years ago it wasn't a dynamic space, but but certainly now it is. Um, and just a lot lot going on, especially over the past uh, dozen or so years. And uh, um, I, I think that uh, uh, between uh, Web 2.0, if you will, and, and all of the uh, software as a service uh, uh, opportunities that are out in the marketplace today. Um, there is uh, there are some uh, great uh, tools and, and and systems that uh, people can easily take advantage of these days. Yeah, Dave, and, and that's I'm glad you mentioned that. That's a perfect segue into what we really wanted to talk about today, which was, you know. HR technology for organizations that are maybe uh, small to mid-sized but are growing or are um, maybe um, evolving to the point where more advanced technologies are really something that they should uh, be considering, right? And often we found, uh, and this is what we'd love to talk to you about, often HR leaders, especially if they're in that circumstance, perhaps don't have extensive experience with evaluating technology, selecting technology, or implementing technology. So, I mean, the first question I'd really like to, to, to hit you with, Dave, is I mean, what are some of the considerations that HR leaders should be thinking about as, as they're starting this process of maybe moving from, you know, when you had 15 employees or 20 and you were tracking them all on Excel, right, or in access databases or such, and are, are considering more comprehensive or modern HR technologies, when you work with organizations or people strategy works with organizations, how are those conversations going and what are they like? Well, um, you know, that it, it really does start with the understanding of, of HR and HR's role in the, in the total enterprise. Um, you know, HR is, is like a, a number of, of uh, uh, users of technology. I mean, you can invest in a technology and view it as a as a cost of doing business, um, you know, something that would just support business process, or you could look at that investment as actually a strategic investment that says, hey, look, uh, this kind of investment is going to help me grow my business. And, and, well, how can HR and HR technology help me grow my business? Um, it's about making sure that you're recruiting the right people, retaining the right people, uh, providing the, 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 the training, the relevant training to the right people, um, it, keeping those employees engaged. So there's a, there's a number of, of, of uh, aspects I think you need to look at as the HR executive to determine where do I really fit in in the total enterprise. I mean, there are companies that view HR um, as nothing more than taking the manual processes and the Excel spreadsheets you were talking about before and just sure. mechanizing them. 
just a better way of having record keeping. And sure, that's <laughs> right. uh, that's that's certainly doable. And it's a it's a a uh, again, I would I would kind of put that under the line item expense of cost of doing business. Um, and and but I think as companies look to hire. Uh, you know the millennials and and the the group after the millennials. I think that uh, um, the the expectation of these employees and the technology uh, that they would uh, they would anticipate their employer having is going to be far greater than uh, the things that that we've experienced in the past. I mean, if you think about it, if you really think about this, the people that we might hire ten years from now. Their first car may drive itself. It's a, yeah, I was going to say it's probably an Uber. It's not even a. It's not well. It's, it is Maybe a car, not even but not on a car. Yeah, right. So, so, so the demands of technology that that the new entrance into the workforce will have is going to be drastically different than even where we are today. And so, I think that as a company positions itself. To attract and retain talent, um, it needs to have the supporting systems behind it to uh, not only uh, enable those uh, employees and engage those employees, but to ensure that they are uh, attracting the right folks and uh, and uh, ensuring that they are uh, appropriately uh, positioned throughout the company. And and really, what what key elements make employees successful? versus those who are just, uh, say, an average employee. Not that there's anything right. uh, wrong with having average employees. I mean, there are a lot of great companies. you got to have, gotta have st- the steady eddy employee that, uh, that's going to do a really good job for you uh, day in and day out. But it's how are, you, how are you finding those leaders? What characteristics do they have? Who, um, what kinds of people are the ones that are successful in your organization? What are their What are their common traits? What are their common skills? Um, those you know, HR systems can help you understand and appropriately position yourself in your your company uh, to take advantage of that information and and and, and seek to hire the appropriate uh, professionals and 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 continually train the uh, the employee base. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think that you really hit on something interesting there because we hear a lot about um, HR leaders and other business leaders who are working with HR leaders who are trying to think about making these decisions, and I really have not heard much talk about thinking about your workforce in the next five to ten years as expecting this type of technology. So I think that's definitely something that if, if I were an HR leader listening to this, I would I would want to start digging into a little bit more because I think it's been more about having access to your data or sort of to your latter point about being able to maybe use the data that you're sitting on to make some of these um, decisions and, and know who you actually have on your staff. But, yeah, that's a very interesting twist, I think, to to the discussion I've heard elsewhere. It's really about also thinking about those expectations of your potential employees. I haven't haven't heard that one come up a lot. Have you, Steve? Yeah, no, I, I, Trish, I agree to that. That's a super point, and, and, and what, it, it's a really telling one. It was interesting to me, Dave, because I kind of started the question with, well, you know, let's talk about HR and technology from the mindset of that small to mid-sized company or that growing company that's evolving into their new technology. And when I listened to you, uh, your, your discussion, uh, David, it sort of struck me as, you know what, 
the expectations of employees or potential employees are pretty much the same whether or not you're working for a 100-person private company in one location or you're working for a 100,000-employee company that spans spans the world, right? The, the demands of the people are, are kind of the same, right? That's exactly right. You're competing for the same resources, right? I mean, everybody wants to get the best possible candidates. So, so it's the people, the organizations that have the capability to understand those kind of intangible requirements um, that can position themselves appropriately to be able to attract those kinds of folks. I, I was joking the other day. I, I asked someone, I said, you know, we all know what Black Friday is from from Thanksgiving, right? I mean, right. it's the day everybody has off from work and everybody goes nuts shopping. Well, okay, that's great. Well, then, you know, with the advent of Internet and e-commerce, you know, Cyber Monday came into being. Why did Cyber Monday come into being? Well, it's actually kind of interesting. It came yeah. into what? being, in, in my mind, it came into being because you could go to work on Monday and you'd have a little bit better technology than you had at home because you had better bandwidth. Maybe you were, um, um, you know, having some DSL line or whatever at home. Right. Um, you know, you, you're going to have better bandwidth, a little bit better technology. You could get in there, you go to work, and people were ordering things while they were at work. Well, Cyber Monday now happens uh, 24-7, 365, because everybody at home, this is the first time over the last 10, 12 years that we have better technology at home access to better technology at home than most people do when they're going into the into their office. They're actually going behind a little bit when they get to the office. Oh, so that, right. And that, that, yeah. So, and, so and, again, to that to that point of need and and um, um, thought process of the of the new labor force, you know, they they're carrying around in their back pocket more technology than we had 15 years ago at our, in our homes. Uh, Dave, let me do a quick reset for folks who are listening to the show. This is the HR Happy Hour. It's HR Happy Hour 246. Uh, our guest is Dave Fiaco from People Strategy. Um, and uh, we're having a great conversation about HR, HR technology, and sort of expectations of the workplace. Yeah, I, I want to definitely um, touch on a few things that, as we're talking about. It's like all these ideas, like, blowing into my head after, you know, hearing about how the, the consumers, you know, are now sort of getting ahead of, of where the HR technology specifically is in, in companies. But let me ask you this, Dave. How do you think that HR leaders or even other leaders um, begin, so now they've maybe had that sort of uh, the pre-considerations about getting away from whatever homegrown or, you know, Excel tool or whatever they're doing uh, that they have. How do they sort of make that decision um, to go to either maybe a suite or a point solution? Um, because I know that's a big question that we get all of the time. And that's, from again, from companies of all sizes. It doesn't seem to have much right. much of a difference. So what, it, what are the, the questions you're getting and, and when you talk to HR leaders or buyers? What are, they, what are they thinking about when they're making that decision between, you know, a full suite or, or a point solution within the space? Right. I think, I think when, uh, when folks look at, um, uh, 
the trade-offs between a full suite and point solutions. They have to look at things like their own internal capabilities uh, as well as what elements they're placing the greatest value on. So, for example, um, you might uh, you might select a provider that has a, an end-to-end -end suite uh, that maybe doesn't have a uh, very robust, say, full talent management component. And so, you know, there's a number of, of uh, specialized talent management uh, point solutions out there, um, and you might want to consider looking at uh, at some of those. But the downside of all that is, um, you know, or are there uh, appropriate uh, integration capabilities, integration points, APIs, if you will, uh, to be able to effectively move data from uh, one uh, point solution to say the system of record. Understanding the system of record is obviously the the uh, the key component in all of this because um, the last thing you want to do is be uh, having having to deal with dual or or, or uh, more than dual multiple updates in multiple systems and and then having to keep that kind of uh, communication or integration in sync. So understanding right. that system of record is going to be extremely critical. Uh, but beyond that, I think you have to understand what are you placing the greatest value on. Um, I think when you look to a comprehensive solution, you have to understand what strategic elements you're looking for out of that comprehensive solution, and does that comprehensive solution provide those to me? Um, um, I think that probably the, the, the greatest asset inside of, a, <clears throat> excuse me, of, of an HR solution that is probably the least um, um, leveraged is the the uh, wealth of information and value and the ability to use not only that value to look at the current um, uh, base of, of, of employees, but to, uh, to truly understand and look for um, patterns and predictive capabilities with respect to uh, what will be the best for your enterprise for uh, for managing the employees. So I think that you really need to look to harness the data that's really kind of locked inside an HR system, and that becomes a little bit more difficult when those are those systems are disparate and uh, you know in point solutions. I, I mean, I have a nickname for it. Um, mm -hmm. I like to call it uh, Excel Hell uh, right. because you seem to be. <laughs> Downloading yeah, and uploading, <laughs> things kind of get out of sync and so on. But uh, okay. I think it's most important, though, to really understand the true value of the information and and being able to capitalize on that. Yeah, and I think, Dave, uh, I, I'd agree with uh, just about everything you said. I do see that the tendency or the trend seems to be swinging in that direction, maybe a different uh, segments of the market, right? This uh, this realization or appreciation, perhaps, is a better word for having data uh, in a single platform or a comprehensive platform that allows, uh, at least, enables easier ability to make sense of the data that you have and to derive value out of the data. It did it did seem for a time that it was much more I don't know fashionable for um, organizations to just go out and find the best best-of-breed solution for a given process area because, um, you know, often the capabilities of certain best-of-breed providers were, were excellent in those, those single process areas, but then where these companies uh, found they had a problem was five years later, 
and they have one system for recruiting and one for workforce planning and one for payroll and right so on down the line that that they were really having a difficult time really getting a handle on overall uh, trends and data and reports and things like that for the organization. So I kind of see that, that pendulum swinging the other way uh, a little bit. Anyway, that's just kind of an observation uh, right. uh, from, from me. Um, and it right. makes and perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same. I think the mid-market companies, especially the, you know, you, you had made a point earlier about, um, it doesn't really seem to matter whether you're a large organization or a small organization. Hey, you're really competing after the same resources right. when it comes to uh, hiring and retaining uh, employees. Um, so I think what that really says is the mid-market needs the same kinds of tools to be able to do that that the larger organizations who can spend millions and millions of dollars doing that with very large-scale implementations, I think the mid-market needs to look for ways to be able to to kind of play on that same level, but obviously without having to make that kind of significant investment. Um, yeah, it becomes. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Dave. That is a super no. point, though, and, and it just leads me into kind of the, the other topic we wanted to bring up today. And it's, I got sort of two parts to the same question, and it's really one question, but I'll break it down a little bit, right? So we've talked about employee expectations and competition for talent, and competition for really good talent doesn't care about if you're a small company or a large company, right? And so it, we're realizing that mid-market or even small organizations, but certainly mid-market organizations, really want and need those same powerful technologies that the the larger global companies need. But part one of the question is, has the, say, some like cloud-based delivery models and more agile development, have those things made more advanced technologies more accessible to the mid-market? That's part one. And then the second part of that is really the same question is, are they are they affordable or are they attainable, right? Because I still think there could be a perception out there with small and mid-sized HR leaders that, they just they just can't access cutting edge technology for human capital management because they simply can't afford it. So I'd love for you to comment a little bit on those two those two concepts. Sure, I, I do think that there's been a recent uh, proliferation in the market of of new entrants that bring new technology to the table, and I do believe uh, uh, quite strongly that the software as a service model with a cloud based delivery is really ultimately the most cost-effective way uh, to be able to deploy the, uh, these larger, uh, higher-end, if you will, human capital management solutions to that mid-market or even to the smaller market. Um, uh, I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the, you know, there's a number of, there's a number of, of, of solutions out on the market, some a little bit more mature than others. I, I think what's important is it's one thing to have a cloud-based solution delivered over the web. It's another mm -hmm. thing to be uh, uh, truly uh, architected and effectively uh, positioned. The, the technology is effectively positioned and architected in a way where that not only is it delivered across the, the, uh, the web, it's built for the cloud. It, it takes into account everything from uh, data segmentation, security, um, and and uh, configurability, and I think what we find is, uh, you know, there's there are, uh, you know, some solutions in the market that are uh, more mature than others and really weren't architected a particular way, and so things get bolted on or added on or sure. or 
veiled in 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 certain front ends, if you will. So I think it's important from a diligence standpoint as folks look to buy, um, or I really, I guess a, uh, the more appropriate term would be rent solutions, <laughs> right. especially if you're looking at software as a service. But um, um, I think you have to pull back the covers and really uh, do a little bit of diligence on the technology and and uh, uh, you know go beyond just the 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 base feature functionality of the system. Um, I think that's extremely important, especially in today's age, whereby um, a uh, um, data uh, people feel very vulnerable with respect to their information, their private information being out in the cloud somewhere. And we've right. seen uh, we've seen all kinds of organizations become compromised uh, with with data uh, security and breach related issues. And I think it's extremely important that. Um, you have the appropriate architecture and safeguards in place from the beginning of how right. the system is built to be able to uh, not only provide the the feature functionality, but the the uh, other appropriate uh, security uh, provisions and so on, and be able to keep up with uh, the technological advances that seem to be coming at us at, at breakneck speed. Trish, I know the security conversation is one of your favorites, but it's critically important, right? Often the small and mid-sized businesses don't have those security controls in place in their own house, right? They might be better off working with uh, a, a provider in the cloud that's, you know, got all the appropriate certifications and all the safeguards and are basically are professionals at protecting data where most organizations are not, right, so good at it. Right. No, and it is important. I think it's for two two points. I think number one, you know, HR professionals um, they know they want to learn more about that, and so yes, finding a provider that already has those safeguards in place for you um, not only does it protect your data right from the start, but it also helps you learn and understand more about the process of protecting the data. So it's sort of a win-win for for the company when you look at it that way. It, it sort of teaches your your up-and-coming HR team about the importance of the security, and then in turn, you're having more secure data as you as you go along. So yeah, it's uh, extremely important in the industry right now. Yeah, no, I, I to totally agree. Uh, Dave, this has been super fun. Uh, loved in, uh, loved uh, getting to know you a little bit, and loved the conversation all about uh, HR, HR tech, especially because I'm passionate about that that you know that that mid market space myself and the small businesses. That's part of like a, a big part of what I write about a lot in the uh, in the my HR executive column. So maybe we can I can talk to you about that uh, down the road and we can do uh, do something together with that. But um, maybe just Dave, any final thoughts and then where can folks go to learn more about what you guys are doing at People Strategy? Because I'm sure uh, many listeners would like to learn more. Sure. Uh, final thoughts are. Um, as with any kind of business investment, it's do your homework, do your homework, and do your homework. I think you got to. This is a an impro, uh, this uh, uh, is always a a step forward, a significant investment of time, money, and effort. And so you want to make sure that the decisions you make are decisions not only that work for today, but that will work for you into the future. And I think that's extremely important. Um, with respect to people's strategy, there's. Uh, Plenty more to, to learn about us. Uh, you can find us on the web at www.peoplestrategy.com. So we, uh, we certainly would uh, 
uh, enjoy uh, sharing any information with any of your listeners. We'd love to do that. And Steve and Trish, I have to tell you, it's always a pleasure. And Trish, uh, you made a comment when I started speaking. You said something like, hey, you know, Dave, you made me think of something. And it just seems like every time we get together, <laughs> we always have a pretty good exchange. <laughs> nice. We do. We do. And and that I really, I think that that's, um, you almost hate to say it, it's unique when you find that. So I, I would encourage people really call call you, ask you questions. Um, you make it very easy, I think, for HR leaders to understand and, and feel like they it would really be accepted asking anything. So it's hard to find, but you have a good skill at that. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And again, thank you both for your time. I really appciate you being on the show pleasure. today. Great to have you on the show. That's Dave Fiaco from People Strategy. Uh Trish, great show. Uh enjoy safe travels uh, as well. Enjoy the rest of your uh day. Um, you as well. Many, Thank you. Many thanks to our friends at Virgin Pulse, the new sponsor of the show. So check out what's going on at Virgin Pulse, of course, virginpulse.com. And keep listening to the HR Happy Hour Show. We'll be back really soon with more fun and games from the HR Happy Hour Show. So for Trish McClellan and our guest Dave Fiasco, my name is Steve Bose. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time on the HR Happy Hour Show. Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show, your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.